Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Amen. Hey, good morning, everybody. Hey, it is hey, it is really good to be uh, here. Uh, last week, if you were here, I was not. My sister ended up, uh, their house got COVID-19, and so we technically had to self-quarantine. We're fine. They're doing uh, pretty well. And so I know a lot of you reached out, and I just want to thank you for your prayers. And I know some of you know that my cousin, who had been battling stage four for a few years, uh, passed away yesterday. And I know a lot of you have been praying for that. And so I just want to get that kind of just shared and kind of uh, just a couple things uh, in the room here, elephants and all those things to take care of. Before we dive into a interesting message this morning, um, I, I want to say this, uh, and just uh, if I step on your toes, whatever. Um, the uh, basically we are, uh, you know, we ha- we're required to put certain things up, and uh, what we place up and what we have to put up. Uh, I just want you to know that uh, there's not somebody here, and you'll notice on the signs that we place that we're not going to go around and ask you about conditions if you are or if you are not wearing a mask. And so uh, we, we are required to put that up, and so we're going to do our best to be respectful. At the same time, I choose to live my life out of faith and not out of fear. Yeah. thought that would be ten times louder, but you know... Um, Thank you for being here this morning. And the other thing that I want to share is what we're doing in the next uh, couple of weeks. Pastor Derek and I are putting together really come back to church Sunday for all. Uh, you're here already, but we want to bring back all the families. I miss kids running around this place. We want this place to be what we know it is. And there's been a lot of fear, a lot of things, you know, placing with media. And so within the messages the next couple of weeks, we're going to unpack what that is, how that looks, and what we're doing. Talk about the block party, what that's going to be like. We want to continue to do outreach. And, and Pastor Derek said no pressure to you uh, about bringing in any kind of school supplies. I, I want to actually fix one thing he said. That's why I'm the senior pastor and he's the exec. Is uh, pressure. I'm not asking you to bring something. I'm telling everybody to bring something, okay? It's all going to be different sacrifices, but this is now the time to be the church. So I don't want you to forget about that. Next week, figure out right now, even write it down, what you're going to bring, okay? Can we put that slide back up just for a moment? Because I want to make sure that we are being the church. So write it down. Here's what we've done in the past. We've done school supplies, and I've talked to Principal Ryan Johnson, and I said, is this a blessing to you? And he said, honestly, no. So we stopped doing it, and I said, if you ever ever need anything, you tell us. So we're going to supply this. And so I just want you to know, if it doesn't come in from you, we have to take this out of our general budget to cover because we will cover every need that our elementary school has in this district. And I hear a good amen from somebody this morning. So I'm asking, telling you to bring something, do something, some something. Even if you're going, Pastor Chris, all I can afford is a glue stick. That one glue stick will matter to somebody. And so do whatever you can. I just want to piggyback on what Pastor Derek said. All right, so that that aside, let's jump into the message here this morning. And uh, I was kind of a rebel in my teenage years. And uh, that's when I met Bob, who's been guest leading for us here in the month of August. And just a huge thank you to you again, my friend. And uh, can we get Bob a huge thank you this morning? 
This would, like two months ago, to do a demonstration with toilet paper in a church would have been blasphemous in our culture. I mean, this, you know, the zombie apocalypse happens and everybody goes after toilet paper. And uh, what I want to say, though, is when I was a high school kid, it was one of my first, some of you are already laughing, you know where this is going, all right? You know why you're laughing? Because you did it too, all right? You know. You, it's, you, yeah, you're all guilty. And so what I did is I went to uh, prom for my first year, and I didn't even care about the dance. I didn't care about the food. I didn't even, you know, it, it, it was, I was a sophomore when I went. Honestly, I didn't even care who I was with. I don't even remember her name. Honestly, I'm sorry. And uh, how bad is that? Anyway, so we're, we're there. The only thing I cared about is before I had to go to this wonderful store called Kmart. They don't really exist that much anymore. And and how many remember Kmart's? And then it's uglier cousin Pomita. Do you remember? Okay. And so I, I went in and uh, I, I bought as many rolls of toilet paper as I could. And I put them in the back of my 1976 pleather Buick Skylark ready to go that night to toilet paper somebody's house. I was so excited. I was so pumped. Like I was just looking for, come on, how many have TP'd a house? You know? So, so I went to this thing that Bob used to lead at church because I thought, you know what? I, I'm going to, you know, I'll be okay. And then God will forgive me for TP in somebody's house. And uh, I, I don't know about you, but back in the day, we would TP friends' houses. Like, it was always somebody you knew, right? Almost like a joke. And so we went to her house, and uh, and I get there, and, and I'm excited because it's like 2 in the morning, and we, we feel like we're doing black ops, you know? We're like we're like spies, and we're getting the toilet paper out of our car, and we're unrolling it. And, and I don't know about you, but when it's like pitch black outside, and it's dark, and you're unrolling one of these from the wrapper... Like, we got plastic, you know, and we got these big things of Charmin, and, and, and it's loud, and we're trying to be like stealth, and they've got these huge mature pine trees in their yard, and so we're so excited, we're running through the yard, and the, you know, the light's going off, we're like, yeah, dude, yeah, dude, and we're just whipping them everywhere, and, and you, how many just want me to whip this right now? You just do, you know? And so, I, I don't want to do that, we'll lose members. Alright, and so, um, you can go, I don't care if that offends you, go somewhere else. And so, I'm like, alright, so whatever, and, and we're having fun, but then what happens is you get down to what? The last roll, man! And it's in! You're like, what do I do? And, and we had this quandary, and, and I realized that I had picked up some stuff from my mom that she had asked me about, and I left something in the back of my vehicle. And so I'm looking, and, and there's no cell phones yet, so there's no way to take a picture of our grand artwork. And I tell you what, it looked good, okay? Like, it, you would have thought it was the toilet paper blizzard hit their house. I mean, this couple acres of land, we got every single tree as high as we could, up to we spent hours on this. I mean, like two hours. And so we get to the end of it. And I'm like, we got to make it worse. We didn't have any forks to fork the ground. And, and I'm going, well, what, what do we do? You know, how do we make this better? So I come up with this ingenious idea because I had just shopped for my mom. And in the back of my trunk, because, you know, she knew I was picking up toilet paper, I picked up something else. And what I picked up <laughs> was dishwasher detergent called Cascade. And so I get this crazy wild idea. I said, well, we TP'd, you know, the entire, you know, three acres, two, three acres. I said, now let's go get her car. And so we take this bottle of Cascade and I see her car. Don't worry, her car is a piece of junk. And so I, I, oh, don't worry. And so I take it out and I'm like making more artwork on top. I'm making these designs all the way around her car. And I'm thinking, this looks 
looks so cool. Like this is, this is awesome. It doesn't hurt anybody. Just bring it through the wash. It'll be fine. Well, I get a call the next day and I get a call from her dad. And he goes, uh, Mr. Vincent, I'd like to talk to you and ask you if you happen to be around the neighborhood. Me being a flipping idiot, you know what I said? Well, yeah, I was there. It was me, man. So I, I own it. I'm like, I was so proud of my work. And he goes, well, let's talk about the toilet paper first. And he goes, I just want you to know that was, that was a good job. Well done, you know. And I'm like, thanks, man. You know, like I was, I was impressed. And he goes, he goes, we already cleaned that up. And then there's this long pause where I felt like my life was about to end. And he goes, um, he goes, did you happen to put something on the car? Uh, maybe. <laughs> I wasn't as quick to own that one. And I said, yeah, yeah, I did. And he goes, well, I just want you to know that whatever you used, we, we brought it through the wash three times now, and it stained your design perfectly from the bleach in the cascade. I, my heart sunk, man. And, and I'm going, I'm a young kid. I'm getting ready to go to college. I don't want to go into debt. I don't know that I can afford this. I, I don't know. And I just felt bad. And so I had to, I, I had to just ask forgiveness and beg, you know, as a broke student. And I'm like, please forgive me. And, and he did. Him and I never talked after that ever again, but I'm sure he, he forgot about it. Okay, how many have done something dumb, right? Okay, some of you still do dumb things. You know that, all right? Christian character, our character, often in our life, uh, it's showing not where you sit on a Sunday morning, but how you live your life the other six days through the week. Can I hear a good amen this morning to that? You know, right now, we've got current events happening. We've got things going on. You've got political divides like we've never seen. You have racial tensions. You have a lot of stuff that's been happening in our world today. And what we have to do is realize that God is looking to us to be the light of this world right now. You and I are the light of the world. I don't want to be the light of the world. You are. You are the light of the world. You're the only hope that this world has is you and I carrying what's known as the banner of Christ. We're it. I don't know if that scares you. That scares me a little bit. We're it. We're the ones carrying that banner. We're the hope for the world. The local church is the hope of the world today. You and I. We carry on Christianity. And I don't care about adversity. I don't care what comes our way. The church will not fail. Even if you know half of our people are watching online, which we welcome you online, the church still has prevailed and will never fail. Amen? Yeah. Christian character is not created during times of adversity. It's revealed. Where you're at in your walk with Christ, how in love you are, how passionately in love you are with Jesus is revealed during this time. It's not, oh, i got to figure it out now. No, it reveals where we're at. You know, one thing that, that God has been revealing to me during these times, honestly, being a vulnerable here with you, is do I look to me or do I look to Him? Tell you what, when things are going well, when God's blessing us, when everything seems to be okay, it's really easy to look to myself. You know, or do I look to Him? Is it, is it, about, is it about my character or His character through me? Is it about my confidence, you know, we, we call it self-confidence in our world, or is it about my confidence in the cornerstone of my faith? Is it about my confidence in Him or my confidence in me? How many of you have ever let yourself down? We've all done it. Few of us are, are willing to admit it. We've all let ourselves down. God will never let you down. 
Even in the midst of the trials, the adversity, he won't. And so there's this theme that we see throughout Scripture where law is basically me going, i got to be confident, i got characters all built upon me. That's law. i got to do it. i got to take care of it. And then on the exact opposite side of it is grace saying, you know what, my confidence is no longer in me because I don't want to mess it up. My confidence is now in Christ alone. And so I'm going to leave my confidence there. That's grace. And so there's this divide between law and grace. And Jesus, when he came as the cornerstone of our faith, he didn't come to abolish all the law. What it says is he came to fulfill it. In other words, we've been trying all our own. He goes, you know what? Do it in and through what you were doing in yourself through me, and it'll be fulfilled in him. And so what you and I are called to do is to put our trust in him, is to relax because our salvation is not dependent on whether you and I go and cascade somebody's car or TP their house. Our relationship with Him is based on what He's already done and it's the finished work. Are you with me this morning, people? Are you here? Hebrews chapter 13, verse 6. It says, So we can confidently say, confidently say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what can man do to me? I love that. Where is my confidence? Is it in me or is it in Him? Are we looking to Him as the cornerstone of our faith? We're in this series, Cornerstone, today and the next week. You know, Paul, the apostle, he wrote two-thirds of our New Testament. And one of the books he wrote was to a church in the town of Ephesus. The book's called Ephesians. And within this book... Really, Ephesus at this time in history was a trade and commerce center. This was a happening place. This is where you'd go to do all your trade. This is where you'd go to do business or, or you'd sell or you'd barter. It was a huge place to travel. This was an incredible town at this time. Well, it, it stayed that way up until about the 3rd century. And so when Paul wrote this, the city of Ephesus had a choice to make to either look to themselves or to look to Christ. They had it going well. Everything was going great for them. And Paul writes this book to them. One of the things that he challenges the Christians there were to make Christ the chief caps, or chief cornerstone or capstone. And, and I want to just read what he writes here. And just unpack this a little bit. We're going to have a little bit of BS this morning. That, that's Bible study, by the way. Okay. Um, we had BS in church. We did. All right. So just a little bit of Bible study here. And then I've got some thoughts. And we're going to unroll the rest of the message. seeing if you're with me. Alright, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 19 through 22. Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the what? Everybody say it. As the chief cornerstone. Everybody say it with me. Come on. The what? Chief cornerstone. In him the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him you two are being built. I love this. We're going to unpack this. Together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So, so let's unpack what Paul is really saying in regards to Christ, our chief cornerstone right here. And this will kind of set the precedence for what I really want to share in regards to this message this morning. He 
talks about right here, he says, fellow citizens with God's people and also were members of his household. Now you might think he's referring to, to church here, or maybe you're thinking he's referring to, you know, household in a domestic sense, but really what Paul is referring to is that you and I, in the house of God, or with God, or looking to him as our cornerstone, is basically like you and I being like children on a lap of a father or mother, sitting up there going, I know I can trust you. I know you've got me. I know I don't have to worry. I know that in, in anything that you, you know, that comes my way, you've got me. You're holding me. You're grabbing onto me. You love me right where I am. And I don't have to worry. I can just rest assured that I'm in you. That's, that's really the meaning of household here. And then we read on. In the next verse, he says it's built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and he calls himself, calls Christ the chief cornerstone. He's the chief cornerstone. Well, people in this day in Ephesus, they would have known that Paul was referring to the temple, and they would have assumed that already, but then Paul does something just a little bit different. He just tweaks it a little bit, and he adds that one word in front of cornerstone. He adds the chief cornerstone. In other words, there's no greater cornerstone. There's no greater building block. There's no greater foundation. I don't care where you're at in your faith. You might say, well, Pastor Chris, I just want really deep theological messages and that's, that's really what I love. That's fine. But it all stems back to the foundation of the chief cornerstone of our faith journey, of our faith walk. I don't know about you, but I love simple faith. Amen? You know? I don't want to follow a whole bunch of rules and regulations. You got to do this and got to do that. I was joking with people. We got people in the church wearing shorts this morning. I told them they're going to hell. You know? Like, you can't wear shirts in the church. Some are wearing tennis shoes. You can't wear tennis shoes in the church. You're going to hell. I, I told them you can't wear jeans in the church either. That's, that's illegal. No. I'm going to hell. So, so you have all of these things that we put on ourselves because why? We start making these policies and these procedures and our politics, if you will, the cornerstone rather than looking to Christ as the chief cornerstone. What's really interesting is this scripture stands even when the temple of Jerusalem fell. So we look at Christ as the chief cornerstone. He's our chief cornerstone. He's the one our foundation needs to exist out of and from. You know, other words that you could have used, the sure foundation or the keystone, or in regards to pyramids, the apex stone. Without that stone, without the chief cornerstone, do you realize that nothing else exists? Did you catch that? Okay? Without Jesus as the chief cornerstone in your faith, you have no faith. It's, it's, it's a really hard scripture, but really, he's got to be the foundation of every belief that we have. And then he talks about here a little bit later on, in verse 21, it says, In him the whole building's joined together. Well, what does he mean building? Are all these building blocks in this different lingo and language that he's talking about? And I know we're doing a little Bible study right now, a little BS together. The whole building... What he's talking about is how you and I are together. It's not just the fact that, well, Pastor Chris, I've got the foundation of Christ. I'm good. He's saying together as a church, we're called to be that. He was challenging the church in Ephesus to be that corporately. Are we, corporately as a body, united on the foundation of Christ as our cornerstone? That's what Paul is encouraging us. That's what he means by the whole building. Not, not the walls, but all of us as temples of the Holy Spirit. Are we united on that foundation? That's the challenge that he's giving us here. The last thing that I want to talk about in this scripture, and then I've got a few points here and we'll 
roll it out here in just a moment, is being built together. It says right here in verse 22, And in Him you two are being built together. This was a reference during this time of both the Gentiles and the Jews realizing a lot of the doctrines are the same. The God is the same God in whom we serve. They practice the same holiness and they look forward to the same heaven. But there's a realization that the cornerstone and the chief of that cornerstone needs to be Christ for either belief. Both to the Jew and to the Gentile. And if you're going, well, what's a Gentile? That's just of non-Jewish origin. We'll just keep it there for now. Being built together, though. I love this phrase. I get really excited in the Bible, man. Okay, so here we go. We were built already. What I mean by that is we were saved. We were given eternal life. The moment that we said yes to a relationship with Christ, we were saved or we were built. That's the first part. The second part is we are being built. Just that we're built together. We're being built. In other words, we're constantly having our faith renewed, our faith challenged. I got to tell you, I've had questions for God, certain things that have happened, certain things that go on. Now, that doesn't change the fact that I will look to Him as a cornerstone of my faith, but I got a list in a journal this long questions I want to ask someday when I see Him on the throne. How many of you got questions for Him, too? Yeah, it's because you have a relationship with Him. Like I said a few weeks ago, if Jesus is not offending you, you're probably not walking with Him because He will offend you as you walk with Him. But trust Him enough that He can carry your offense when you and I can't. And the last part is, we will be built. In other words, on that day, we can have full confidence that when you and I pass away, if we know Christ, we get to be with Christ in all eternity. Okay? Can I hear a good amen? That's the good news. Now, let me unpack here some last thoughts here in the last couple minutes. And, and I want to talk about our character in regards to the foundation of Christ as the chief cornerstone of our faith. Now, you and I in just a few minutes, we're going to depart from here. Some of you are going to lunch. Some of you are going to hang out with family. Some of you are going to other places. Some of you might hang out outside for a while. Some of you might uh, eventually do this. How many of you have ever been in this situation? You go home eventually. And, and I don't know about you, but let's just talk about bathrooms for a moment. How many of you, you don't have to raise your hand, but your bathroom is sacred. Like, that's the place you, you know, like, like you just don't like other people's bathrooms. You don't like, like, like I, I can't stand public bathrooms, man. I, I don't like them. Alright? I don't, I don't enjoy them. I, I, you know, I feel like I've got to, I'm not worried about COVID. I'm worried about public bathrooms. Alright? This is where I've been my whole life. I, I, I feel like you gotta go in there with like a whole bodysuit sometimes. I mean, it's just nasty. Alright? And, and so how many of you have ever experienced this where, where you get into a bathroom and, and you get to a place and you walk in there, whether it's at home or whether it's, uh, you know, public place and you sit down and but you know what I'm talking about. And you show up and the toilet paper looks like this. You've all been there. Come on, we all poop. All right? Seriously. Get over your pride. Okay? All right. And so, so you sit down, you, you do your dookie, and, and you're, you're done. And you're like, oh no. And, and here's what I have chosen to realize. Is that what and how you react to this situation will show your Christian character. You ready for this? Are you ready for this? I'm dead serious. I'm so serious. It's not even, come on. How many of you have been in that public place and you go in and you have laid your pride by your side because you've gone up onto the stall next to you and you're like, uh, excuse me, ma'am. Uh, 
pardon me, sir, and you place your hand like a creepy weirdo underneath and you go, can you spare a square? And you're like, come on, you've all done it. You know, either that or you've pulled up your, tra- your drawers and you've gone home with your pride but a full pant load. All right, I don't know where you're at. But here's the deal. Here's the deal. We've all been in that situation, okay? If I haven't painted the picture well enough for you, you'll get there. Just try White Castle on the way home. You'll, you'll be there, all right? Now, what we do in this situation reveals a lot about our character because there's different options you have. So let's just unpack the options that we go through. One is even if you get there and you don't have to, you know, you look at it and you're like, it's out. And so the first thing you do is you tell somebody else to get a new role. Come on, where's my dad's at? Son! Hey, I need you to go. Hey, it's, where, where's the dad? Uh, downstairs. And how many of you have just been up in that room and, and you're not even on the toilet yet and you're just yelling. You're like, hey, come take care of this problem I got. And you're listening. You're like, my kids must, must be outside playing basketball or something. I don't know what's going on. And, and so what happens is we try to, we see our own problem and we try to paint it on somebody else. All right? We try to go, hey, uh, we'll do that. Well, you know, I'm not going to take responsibility for the empty, you know, paper toll, paper I can't even talk. The empty tube, toilet paper roll, and we start going, I need my kids to do it. Somebody else do it for me. You see, character, we need to take responsibility for our actions, both personally and corporately as a church. You know, rather than blaming the other political party or blaming the... Somebody left it that way, right? Okay? Could have been you. But rather than blaming somebody else, what if we take personal responsibility for what we do and say in our actions and the love we display without blaming somebody else for the actions we possess. There's a thought. Our government would change. Our world would change. People would flood us as a church because they would see something different than what they experience every day in their life. Because we act out of love, we act out of kindness. Yeah, meet people where they're at, but love them enough not to leave them there. You know, Galatians chapter 6, 5, I love this, no pun intended, seriously. For each one should carry their own load. I didn't mean that when I put this scripture in. I really didn't, and then I read it later, and I was laughing so loud. (laughs) But here's the deal. We look to Christ as our cornerstone. You and I, it might be hard to take that responsibility for our actions. Or maybe we've messed up those actions. So we have to allow Christ to deal with our issues before we go and deal with somebody else's. I'll give you a great example. Okay, It'd be like you're out of toilet paper and you go to somebody else's house to check and see if they are. Well, I'm out of toilet paper, but I, my neighbor, I've got to check and see if my neighbor's bathrooms, if they have any. I might steal some. Second, Maybe, maybe you just get frustrated. And you're like, I'm not dealing with this. I'm going to a different bathroom. I think sometimes we look at the things happening in our world and it's really easy to go, I'm just going to ignore it. It's going to go away. I'm just going to close my eyes. Or us as super Christians, what do we do? Well, Jesus is coming back soon, so I don't have to worry about it. Ow. What is God calling us to do? Well, it calls us to be in the world, but not of it. He calls us to take care of it. You know, character, sometimes we get frustrated about things out of our control. I do all the time, and you know what that is? That's dumb. Why? Why? It changes our demeanor. It changes the way we act. When we get frustrated about things out of our control. That, 
you know, Derek was sharing with me a story this morning. And is Derek, where are you? He's back there. Okay. So are you okay if I share this about the lady? I wasn't going to ask you. The driving lady? Okay, thanks. So he got flicked off by a lady. And, and no? Oh, thank you. He, she told him to, you know what. And so he had a choice to make. Now that could have, and I'm not saying it did or didn't. You can ask him later about the details. But that could have changed his whole demeanor for the day. Which would have been on, was that on her or was that on Derek? That's on us. Well, no, that person did this to me. Shut up! Seriously? Are we blaming the other person? We don't know what's going on in their life. We have no idea. On the way home this weekend, Heather and I, I got some guy that just zoomed past me, probably doing 120 mile an hour on Highway 65. Just me, 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 me. And I was, I was like, I was so mad that I wanted to like get in front of him, you know, like, like a race car driver and try to make it so he couldn't get past me. And then this little voice, it's called the Holy Spirit, not your conscience. It's, it goes, you don't know what he's going through. What if he's rushing to the emergency room? What if something's going on that you don't know about? I just pulled over to the side and I said, God bless him. I prayed for him. Now, I wish I could stand here and tell you, I do that every time. Watch my example. No, not every time. But I'm learning. Okay? I'm being built every day. So are you. Allow Christ to build you. You know? Cornerstone is allowing us to realize we have to stop trusting in ourselves. Okay? Maybe... Maybe you forgot to leave a spare roll in the room. How many, you depend on that spare roll in the room like it's gold? My wife's hand went up first, okay? Okay, Matthew chapter 6 verse 34, it says, Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. We need to realize that God has us, okay? It's okay. Each day has enough trouble of its own. So we're called to trust in the cornerstone, not in our actions or reaction. We get it wrong at times. Even Bob gets it wrong at times. Right? He's not willing to admit it yet, but he gets it wrong at times too. Do you get it wrong ever? All the time. All the time. See, we do. All the time. Next one is this. You ignore it. How many have been guilty of that? You see the toilet paper roll and you ignore it. You don't change it. You just finished doing it and you're like, no, I'm going to leave it for the next person. Some of you do it out of spite because you're in like a disagreement with somebody. You just want to leave it. You just leave it. Well, character, just because you ignore it doesn't make it go away, does it? Well, maybe it does because you have kids. I don't know. You see, a new toilet paper roll that you put on there, it's not about you. It's about who's next. Okay? It's about who's next. Who's coming in next? Never ignore the signs that you ask God to show you right now in your life. Never ignore the signs that you ask God to show you. Maybe they're not great signs. Maybe they're scary signs. But don't ignore it. We're called to be the church together. We're built on that foundation. Romans 12, 10 says, Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Church, can I ask you a real question about this verse? I know we're almost done here, but let me just unpack just a couple more thoughts. Who of us right now would say, Man, I'm outdoing everybody in love and honoring others. Come follow my example as I follow Christ. Because that's the challenge. Are we there? Are we there? Now, I'm not saying that for us to feel condemnation or guilty, but a challenge for us to step it up. And let's be the church that we know we are. Last two. Here you go. Uh, One of the options is you use the hand towel. Okay, that's funny. I don't care who you are. 
Maybe you're not laughing because you've done it. <laughs> you weirdo. Um, you've gone in and you're looking. You sit down. You see this. And you look to the right. And all you see is that hand towel that everybody else has used. And you know you've got a choice to make. You're in a desperate mode. What do you do? You're between using the cardboard roll or the hand towel. <laughs> Somebody had the... I appreciate Tony. said the hand towel. What do we do? I think sometimes we look to the wrong thing often. We look to the wrong thing. First Chronicles chapter 16, verse 11 says, Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence continually. Are we doing that during this time? Are we creating unity and love in our actions and our words and our thoughts and our prayers and our posts? What are we called to do during that time? You know, Cornerstone says we're fully devoted to Christ. You can go ahead and put the church number up here. We ask every single week. This is what I want to ask you to do before I get to my last thought. You can text this number. This is our church number. Just yes if you say, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. But also text because one of the things that we want to do is we want to pray for you during this time. We want to love on you. We want to love on your families. A lot of you right now, I'm talking to you online right now that are watching right now on Facebook Live or on YouTube or on the website, is this. We miss you. I miss hanging out with you. Okay? We're not scary. I mean, a few of us, but most of us aren't. And, and what I want to say is we want to, we want to know what we can do to create a safe environment so we can hang out and do life together because people need people. We're not called to live in isolation or to do life alone. We miss you and we love you and we want you and we desire you. Can I hear a good amen? Come on, somebody. Here's the last thought. Here's the last, the last thing you could do. I know there's a hundred other options, but here we go for time's sake. What if, what if you go in and you see this and you go, you know what? I'm just going to replace the roll and dang nab it, make sure it goes over the top. And you even grab another one from your pantry, wherever you keep your spare rolls, and you put an extra one in there. I tell you what, now we need to follow your example. Because what we just did, even though this can represent our character in a lot of ways, when we do this and bring in that spare roll, we are now seeing differently, not through our own selfishness, but through somebody else's. And God calls us to see through His eyes. Are we seeing situations? Are we seeing people through other through Jesus' eyes, not through our own. First Samuel sixteen seven. Last scripture I want to share with you. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. This is in regard to him finding the new king of Israel. He was looking for King David. He just didn't know it yet. Are we seeing like God sees? Are we seeing like the politician we vote for? Are we seeing as Jesus sees or how we want to see? How are we seeing? Are we seeing through His eyes or through our human eyes? Ask God to open your eyes spiritually to see as He does. We should all be the people that replace that role. You know, we, we need to pray that God changes our heart, not the other person's. Okay? I hope you can apply to apply this message to your life. I know I'm on a roll. Okay. Alright. I know. I just want to wipe it clean. That's all I got. I don't know. Anybody got a good toilet paper pun? Let me pray for you this morning. God, I thank you for how much you love us. How much you desire us that you sent your son as the chief cornerstone. God, you're calling
calling us to be people of character, not in a condemning way or a guilty way, but just in a gentle conviction so that we might increase in size as a church. Not, not the bridge church, but the big church, the big C church in operation. Lord, I pray that we'd see testimonies of people within our workplace, our family, the school, the environments that we're in coming to you because of our action. Maybe it's not preaching the gospel, but maybe it's living the gospel. Maybe it's seeing the the kid or the person by themselves or discerning when someone's having a bad day and we reach out. Lord, allow us to be that person. Allow us to see the way that you see. Allow us to take responsibility for those actions as we put our foundation on you. Lord, we love you, and I just pray that you'd honor and you'd bless every person here and every family, every person that's watching or listening online. Would you be with our families? Would you be with us as we continue to live for you? God, I thank you for your grace. Now, we don't have to have it figured out. We get to trust in the fact that you already do. We love you in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.